episode 375 of This Is Whole Life. It's live from Orlando, Florida, but only live to the us. The second floor of the uh, Whole Life building where excellence in broadcasting Don't- happens. Oh yes, I like that. We may have to. We may have to finally. You can tell he's put, been on the radio. This isn't the. This isn't the golden microphone, but it is the coal. The it coal. The coal. The coal. Fired <laughs> the microphone of coal. I love it. So we're gonna do uh, as as always. If you're new to the podcast, as uh, many people are, the more I find out, the more I get. Uh, what well, you're new? This is your first time listening. Hey, yeah. I'm talking to you. you. Know who I am? Who That's you right. Are. We are so happy to have you here. <laughs> I want you to know. I personally am welcoming you to this show. Welcome, Ken Wetmore. And uh, if you aren't new to this show, you better welcome them too. I want to hear it wherever you're at. Say welcome. I don't care whether your coworkers look at you funny. That's right. Do it. No matter if your headset's on. Just, just say do welcome. It. Welcome. <laughs> there, you heard that. You feel welcome now, or, don't you? All right. Yeah. So this is whole life is where we discuss the topics and the messages being discussed every week here at Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. And someone asked me, "Where's Melanie? Uh, Melanie is Shh. gone." currently but don't wake her up well no maybe wake her up no she's got you gotta to leave do. her alone she's yeah, working on her, her dissertation, dissertation. Yep. so she's taking uh she, I, I would i would say i was gonna say a break and that's not the right word she's she's no. taking um some time and we want her to get this thing wrapped up and taken care of so she's uh taking this month to finish it up prepare for the defense that she's got to yep. put out there and so she yeah. said she's get to work Melanie. if you're done. listening to this we question she why you're not listening. be listening you, to you this better not be <laughs> so i won't i won't tell on her she, yeah. she, <laughs> she may or may not have emailed me i may have been like Uh-oh. who are you and who why are, are you? you talking to me <laughs> who is this strange person so, get back to work. Get back to work. So as usual, there the three of us, Ken Wetmore, senior pastor, Jeff Sinkamani, who is our well, you're an associate pastor, but you yeah. but he's like, we like to call him our senior pastor. <laughs> and so if you have any questions, it's Jeff. J-E-F-F-F-F-F-F-F. So a lead pastor <laughs> and only senior because of time I spent here. Seems like forever. Sometimes that's all it takes. That's yeah. all it takes for the title. And me, I am Randy, and I am the digital ministries director here. Our senior digital ministries director. And senior podcast guy. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's go there. So before we get going, I've got two things, two housekeeping. We got an email this week. Uh-oh. And so and this is this is directed at Ken, so we're going to give Ken first uh, first oh crack boy. at it. And it says, hi, podcast team. We, Keith and I, are regular listeners to the podcast and really like it. But we have a question and some thoughts about something Ken said in this past week's episode. So that would have been I Am He, episode 374. Yep. So you can go back and check that out if you haven't heard it yet. When he described Joseph's time in Egypt as a slave and as a prisoner, Ken said he was alone and picked himself up by his bootstraps. Is that what Ken really meant? Genesis does not read that way. The Bible says God was with Joseph and blessed everything he did. It's also clear that it was God, not Joseph, who was interpreting the dreams. Joseph himself says so. What do you think? Thank you for your time, Pam and Keith Nolan. Thank you, Pam and Keith. It was good to see you at the Fish House this after uh, last Saturday as well. They don't know what the Fish House is. Well, you'll know what the Fish House is now that I've told you the Fish House because I saw you there and we said hello. But nobody else will know. That's an it's inside like the, joke. Uh, just it's like the, uh, the episodes coming up. I saw you underneath the... Uh, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. It's just yeah, kind of okay. like that. Yeah. All right. So... What do you think, Ken? Is that what you Pam mean? Pam and Keith, way to call me out. You are correct. <laughs> that came out of my mouth, and I immediately wanted to shove it back in. And uh, you are absolutely 100% correct. Joseph did not pick himself up by his bootstraps. He, I will say he took advantage of the help that the Lord was giving him. 
but definitely uh, definitely the Lord was with him, and the Lord took care of him and uh, blessed him. So can't give him the credit for that. So way to, way to correctly call me out on that. I like that, though, because that means that we know you're listening, and you're actually putting thought in. Yeah, that was yeah. a test, now and that I think about it. That was yeah. a test. I didn't, it wasn't that something... And the funny part is, usually, I mean, that's one of our big pet peeves around here is bootstrap theology, and so usually we're, we're usually pretty quick to punk people down when they say something like that, yeah. but I, I'm going to blame Melanie because she's not here. She wasn't here to keep yeah, us in line. Yeah, she wasn't That's here That's what to... I was going to say. We, yeah. we, we, heard, we all heard that. We, <laughs> we all heard it. We we're let missing it go. our theologian. Yeah. That's it. Writing, writing papers and but stuff. But fortunately, we have Keith and Pam oh, to keep us on the straight it. and narrow. That is it. So I thank feel like you. you might want to go back and um, so, edit that last episode. Yeah, just maybe. Put beep, <laughs> just put that in there. That's Ken speaking heresy. Every time That's you hear it. It's just Ken speaking heresy. Jeff, you had something? Well, I'm just... Curious as to how you would, in one sentence, reword that. Jeff, why are you making it harder on me already? <laughs> I mean, how would I reword it? I think I'd just reword it that... Uh, well, I was wrong, but here's why I was wrong. God, oh, no. That Joseph didn't have anyone with him, but all he needed was was the one, God. Well, see, and, and God was with him. And... and I'll push back a little bit also, only in the fact that when we were comparing the woman at the well who at least in her adult life that we know of, didn't really have anyone or anyone left. And I had made the point that Joseph at least had his family, and that was up until a point. He had his dad and he had his little brother who doted over him. Well, but I do in think... The, in the adult version, yeah. though, yeah. I do think that, you know, Pam, you bring, up a, a, you, know, you bring up a good point. But on the other side of this, and that's what I think the point that you were trying to make, and that's why the reframe. <laughs> but... <laughs> but you know, there it is not uncommon for all of us to feel quite alone in those mm, situations, yeah. yeah. Especially when prayers go up and or supplications, whatever we were, you know, we're asking for, and nothing seems to happen right away. So the point being, you know, this we don't know if it was, you know, how long that period of time was, yeah. But it did feel very much alone for Joseph. I think the point is that he wasn't with his family. He was, yeah. but yeah. at the same time, I think that the point that Pam and Keith are making is incredibly valid, and I'm glad that you clarified it, because yeah. I think that we all have to come alongside the blessings that God is giving us. I don't think that just because—I think that if Joseph had just you know sat on his tuchus and done nothing, yeah. I, I don't know whether God would have— been able to bless the way that God was. But I also want to be careful because I also am not a big fan of the whole God helps them that help themselves <laughs> thing, which kind of makes it seem like it's you who starts things. But I do think that you, when God opens a window, think about Peter in jail, and the angel comes, wakes him up, and says, hey, get up and go. The angel didn't pick him up and carry him out. They say, hey, you got to get up and go out. And so to that sense, but no, but back to what, you know, back to the main point there that this was God blessing yeah. Joseph. Joseph did not pick himself up by his bootstraps, bootstraps and yeah. go, and by the way, God, thanks for a minor assist over here. It was God <laughs> God doing it. And yeah. um, and so, yeah. great point. Glad you caught it. I'm glad I Good gave point. you the opportunity to uh, 
That, yeah, that one. We'll tighten that up so it won't, yeah. keep, won't keep falling in so on you. So, Randy's, uh, I'm sitting here <laughs> holding the microphone with my hands, pushing it away from my face because it keeps bopping me in the face. And he's like, We're, you know, just, just tighten, tighten that one, just, one piece just up. Tighten, you do I not know the dangers that we encounter no, when we come No, no. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. And in, I feel like we ought to, I think, Randy, we ought to like video this podcast. I oh, think man. sometimes. Well, yeah. once in a while, you know, maybe when. Well, I think it would create better behavior in here if we were videotaping this thing. Keep your hands up and don't be fidgeting and, yeah, pay attention. Uh, shucks. The other part that I wanted to go with real quick, and I always loved the way Andy uh, laid it out, was that God can work with a ship that's pulling itself out of port. But if you're not moving, there's not much he can do to get you moving and to be. So while I wouldn't put that under bootstrap methodology or yeah. the, at all, it's just that you're you're hearing the call and you're like, okay, I have to do something. I have to start moving, and then God can steer you. Just even if you don't know the direction, get get moving. Well, I think that's huge. I think that there's you know for all of you that are listening in, I think that's a very good point. I think that there is maybe nothing more important for each of us to do than to engage somehow, some way, whether it's complaining, <laughs> whether it's um, anger, or whether it's just me on my knees realizing I am completely, um, completely helpless. Yeah. Uh, that's where God wants. I mean, yeah, praise is good, but he'll take, he'll take our anger too. I think that's the whole point, is he wants us to come to him on any level. Yeah, and I think that's the place that he continues to draw us from. Hey, if there's anything that we could do to say, uh, you know, where do where does God want me? He wants you in communion with Him on yeah. any level. That's nice. All right, one more housekeeping thing. If you were listening, and I want to say the name was Eric, but I can't be sure, there was a voicemail that came into the number that I give out every every episode four zero seven nine six five one six zero seven. You can send text or voicemail. A voicemail came in, and I don't know what if the in the Google verse somehow it disappeared. It's not in, I can't I can't find it. It's not in a deleted. It's not in a. It's not anywhere. Hmm. And it was about the discussion that we'd had two weeks ago in episode three seventy three okay. about baptism. And it was someone that I believe mentioned Ken's name and that had either worked with Ken in the past or been a, a church member in the past, and they listened to our podcast here. You know, send your thoughts again. I would love to go over them. I don't know what happened. I looked for them last week before the episode. I looked for them again this week, and I went back into the admin panel, and it's just gone. And I have no idea where because I know I didn't delete it. Just it's just missing. So, if you're listening and you had sent us a voicemail, please just go ahead and send it again. We'd love to cover your question. So, as you know, we are in the series, The Chosen, the TV show. We are on, ep this is episode six for us of the podcast, and of course there's more episodes than we're going to cover in this. As always, spoiler alerts, just know that we're going to be talking about things that have happened on The Chosen, and if you're intending to watch, you've started, you haven't gotten there, you haven't caught up with where we are, and you don't want spoiler alerts, you might want to just kind of wait, go back and watch the show. And oh, by the way, if you swipe up in today's show notes, there is actually a link to this episode, and you can watch it before we discuss the rest of it. So it'll take you right to thechosen.tv, and you can watch it. So this was Season 2, Episode 3, Matthew 424, and just from a total... I always got to say something interesting about the episode, and this one is the Wonder episode. 
And so if you are in any kind of media film production, you know what a oneer is. It just means that it's one take. There's no, it's one camera, it's one take. That means that there's no cuts, there's no retakes, and there's no other angles. And there's no sun eventually. <laughs> and there's no sun. So if someone makes a mistake with their dialogue, they yeah. have to just play it off and go with it. And hopefully it's not too bad, which doesn't seem like they had any of those. But they were technically really the whole reason was they were losing they were losing light. They were running yeah. out of daylight. The the weather had been bad and they wanted to, they had to get this. It was the last day. They had no more time and Dallas didn't know what to do. And they were just like, look, just so fifteen minutes out of the thirty three fifteen runtime is a one shot. Meaning one camera is just following them around and someone, that poor guy with the boom pole, all, all I'm saying. Because <laughs> if you've ever worked on set and you've had to stand there with a, the four or five pound microphone hanging off the end of a boom pole at 15 or 20 feet extended, your arms are tired after about 33 seconds. And this, whoever it was, made 15 minutes because they're walking all over the place. There's no way that was on any kind of a jib or yeah. whatever. There was, there was definitely moving uh, out there with them. So that's a little bit... If you watch the episode and you don't really know that much about production, just watch the first 15 minutes and realize that's just one camera following them around, no mistakes, and that's pretty awesome. And it's not just following them around. They need to know cues of when they go in. There's no director yelling, and it's just crazy. Yeah. To really get it right, you're almost like a play that's being filmed and Mm -hmm. audio captured up close and personal for 15 minutes with no mistakes outside that's mm-hmm. just that's just almost crazy. Yeah, that's just really really crazy. And fun fact, we did a music video here for Lifelong Worship about did the same uh, thing. three years ago, and the whole thing is a wonder. Yeah, but it's on only, the beach. it was only three minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, you weren't carrying the piano. That's for us. true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. We carried an empty piano around the beach and up the up the beach. Walk, oh, that uh, one. Four flights oh, okay. of stairs, about twelve times to get all the takes we needed to get one correct wonder. That's right. Yeah, that was uh, up to just hit me up in the lobby sometime and and ask Wycliffe. Ask him how his arms or his forearms are feeling after carrying that because he was the guy with the big smile on his face playing the piano supposedly on the beach, and the rest of us would have to pick the piano up and move it. Oh man, it was fun. It was not fun. No, I lie. That was not fun. So Ken, this was another one of your favorites, right? Yeah. Why? The oneer. The winner. <laughs> that was the easy answer. The winner. No, uh, in all seriousness, I think what I loved about this episode is just the um, just the contrast between Jesus healing all day long and his disciples destroying <sighs> each other around the the fire, and yeah. just the patience that you see from Jesus. You, you, know, you get the feeling he knew exactly what was happening around that fire, and it's like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too tired to deal with you guys tonight. But so. can you imagine, I mean, the, the emotions that that brings out when you you hear them talking about some, some things trivial, some things important, they're, you know, they're switching off, they're playing some type of board game with marbles, yeah. they're talking about how come, you know, you why haven't you been healed yet to little James, Thomas asks him that, and he's like, well, I don't know, I mean... Like what if what if he's not going to accept me or what if you know what if all these questions and Thomas is like what do you think he doesn't know <laughs> you know I like and, that one. And, yeah. and and they're having this conversation and it really makes you feel like in that in that conversation or conversations that happen around especially around the one or early on that you're just living like a fly on the wall 
because you're catching one person walking. Hey, it's your turn. Well, I'll take my shift. You know, oh, we got to do this. Hey, are you hungry? Hey, you know, it's time to eat. And it's all this stuff happening in you. And you kind of get the feeling that Jesus is off in the background. But even the first time we saw that episode, when they're talking about Jesus healing, like, oh, the line is still 50 people deep and, you know, they're getting upset and they're, they're getting anxious. And to me, you can almost feel Jesus on the other side just being like inundated with people. You can almost imagine him smiling, but just being like, it's been all day. They didn't expect this. And maybe, well, he probably expected it, but you know, nobody else did. And they're, they're all having their, their day. But while Jesus is actually healing, like Ken mentioned in the message, he healed them all. Yeah. And, isn't that crazy? But think about that. It's hard he to wrap your mind. Them all. Yeah, like yeah. it wasn't just a select few. And, right. you know, this starts those questions. And then, like you just mentioned, Jesus' mother shows up. And then that's where the wonder ends. And she's like, hey, you guys look hungry and tired. I'm going <laughs> to, I'll help make dinner. And that's where they, they cut finally. And it's nearly, well, it is it pretty is much dark, dark then. Yeah. And then they start the, the fire scene that uh, we showed and that was talked about. But I loved when. The conversation starts so innocently about, well, what would you do for, what is it, Andrew. Andrew. Andrew yeah. asks, you know, what would you do for all the money you could spend or however yeah. much money it was? And would you run through the town naked without clothes on? And they're like, nah, I'm going to do that. Or and everyone has their different answers and the women are in on it too. And it's just kind of eh, easy around the meal banter that so quickly turns into... Well, why don't we ask Matthew, what's it like to have money? And it's like, well, that's not polite. <laughs> you know, Big James is like, that's not a polite question to talk about, you know, personal and, and money. Yeah. And they're like, well, I mean, Peter's like, hey, you know, Matthew's had it. We haven't. And then it turns into not just the money, but now we're getting personal. Yep. You're a Jew like the rest of us, but you didn't participate. You didn't suffer enough. You yep. didn't take it seriously. And we were supposed to do this together. And you know, I'm never going to forgive you and all these things. And it was like, for me, there's two conversations in my life I can remember that were very similar to that with people that were both sides, you know, Christian, but totally on different sides of ideology, right. theology, even methodology of how we do anything. And when you get to that point, you can't just walk away and think that there isn't going to be lasting hurt. I mean, somebody has to somebody has to make amends for you to go past that. And I just thought that the way that they captured that scene set up so perfectly with what Ken brought later in the message. Ken said, you know, that person, once you get to that point, I've been there. There's that immediately the first time I saw that episode. I had one of those with a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, and who one person plays the antagonist and, you know, da da da, da in, the con in the conversation. And you end up saying something that you wished you hadn't said, even if it wasn't like fully, in it wasn't intentional to be hurtful until later you realize how hurtful your comment was because it comes up later in another conversation about, well, you remember when you said that? I'm like, well, you didn't, how was that offensive? You know? And it just makes you realize how when you're having conversations like this or we look at each other's problems or sins or our perceived notion of who somebody is, where they come from, you have to be really careful 
until you know somebody to make those kinds of assumptions because even a uh, an implied assumption even if it's a gentle implication can cause lasting effect and we've we've all seen that how do we handle that even well within our church ranks because i think we've all seen the out you know the outcroppings of what those conversations have left people with and i feel like we do a pretty good job of communicating that here at whole life but yet i also know how i am sometimes personally and how i think and how i act and things i say and i don't have any really good solid answers of how sometimes those conversations just don't go the way you want them to and that's that can be so difficult to get past how do we approach those kinds of conversations when they come up and say what we think we need to say lovingly kind of, I mean I don't know what that yeah. how that process starts that we really cuz I feel like you got to protect the family so to speak I kind of you know while I was watching that and, and you're bringing up you're bringing up a, a really important question I think and that is that what would have what, what would have been and by the way we kind of did this a little bit at church which I thought was clever of you Ken but what would if if the disciples would have been in line, mm. what would they have asked Jesus? And because the, you know, oh, the, yeah. literally, what they yeah. were doing around the fire was exposing themselves, mm. and and exposing much more than their dissatisfaction with Matthew or or their 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 complaints about how Peter had kind of betrayed the other fishermen. Right. Yeah. But. I think around that fire, we have to, you know, they were all not in the line. They were actually just, you know, kind of almost impatiently waiting for Jesus to be done so they could, you know, whatever they wanted. But what would they have needed from Jesus had they been in the line? And I think that's, you know, that's a part of this whole thing because it did show Jesus' humanity and why didn't you know nobody was helping Jesus at all except for his mom came by and did some you know some help after yeah, they he did was a little done. crowd control in the they line, did crowd but, control but right that, yeah but um, there is a side to this that I you know I think we find ourselves wrapped up in those discussions and Jesus comes by I love what you said just now it's like whatever <laughs> that's almost the feel you get from Jesus it's like you guys are you guys are dealing with so much minutia in your life. You're worried about your anger, you know, not being met or your, you know, some of your, you know, some of your jealousies about money and so forth. And, and yet what is it that actually really does need to be healed? Yeah. I mean, for Peter, you can, you it's, it's palpable. Yeah. His, his, yeah. his almost, it's almost hatred for what God has put, the Jews through, through all of this and that, but, and then somehow those of us that are okay, we've banded together, but you, you know, yeah. you didn't even try. You totally chose what you chose. And yeah. So in our own, in our positions of whether there mm. be leadership or, you know, is it piety? Is it jealousy? Is it a sense of, you know, what is it that needs to be addressed in my life. And I think that's the part. I love the juxtaposition that that uh, Dallas puts all these things, and he does it creatively, which I'm really grateful for. But, you know, what is it that we actually 
need. Well, and little James and Thomas's discussion is a perfect example of yeah. if they had been in line, well, yeah. they were in crowd control. Is that what James would have asked for? I think right. it would have been, probably. Yeah. But he hasn't asked yet. Yeah, that was so, a, that was a conversation that kind of leads to another episode. Right, it leads to good. another episode, which is my favorite, which is coming up in two weeks, so don't <laughs> miss it. And I will be there on Friday night to make sure that uh, I let you know why I like it so much. I sure hope I don't mess it up for you. Yeah, well, maybe. Um, no. The, uh, <laughs> who knows where you're going at this point with the message, right? It could be, it could be uh, you, anywhere. You think you can guess where I'm going to go I with think that I one, can huh? guess. I uh, think, I, I'm, I'm hoping anyway. But I just feel like I can resonate with little James so much and thomas yet he's the kind of the new guy still and he's just like well you know you don't you think jesus doesn't know that you that you have a this hip problem and that you would like you think he doesn't know that you'd like to be healed but then well i can't i can't spoil it now so yeah don't do it no don't do it i almost that was almost a spoiler alert but But you he's still left with sitting there like so many of us like can we, like we don't want to be vulnerable for or for whatever reason we don't want to put ourselves out there even to Jesus to say this needs to get healed in my life and and what is it is it pride is it like we know we're not hiding things from him right i mean i don't well i think it's a i think it's deep i do think it's deep that james is wrestling with that and still questioning at that time Okay, well, one other thing, though. I wanted, to, from a historical perspective, which you guys would have a whole better idea of than I would, would this have been, because you asked a question early on, Kendall, like, hey, what would get you on a plane to Seattle? If you heard that, you know, hey, there's this guy and he is healing everything and everyone that comes his way, would that be enough? Or is there something in your life that's enough that would put you on a plane or a car or hitchhiking, however you had to do it to get there, to get healed? Was that something that would have the same stigma in this time in the Bible as it does now? Because I feel like faith healers are two or three rungs below lawyers. Sorry, any lawyers that might be listening. I just kidding. But the you know the the idea that you're not apologizing to your faith healers. Though. No, not really. I don't think so. Right. I just you know I mean we've just people were bringing obviously all these people and Jesus heals them all. And I'm just wondering, would it have carried that same stigma that it has today, or had did people know enough about Jesus at that time that this was like, wait a minute, we cannot miss Jesus because this is my chance? I'm not. I mean, I don't, I don't know. And maybe there's I not think, an answer. I think it would have been a little bit different than for them than it would have been for us. I think that we uh, live in a uh, very science-based world. Uh, I think they lived in a little bit more of a mystical world where that, you know, where, where everything, everything, yeah, there, everything was supernatural, Hmm. you know, solar eclipses were, you know, something supernatural happening. So I think that in that sense that it was a little bit different. I don't think what changes though, is that you would still, to travel a distance to see somebody, you'd have to have really kind of thought that they probably could do something for you, and to because traveling would have been more difficult in that time in that place than it is today. It's not like you could book your hotels ahead of time. Um, it's right. like you get on the road, you have to figure out. You hope that you find a village where you can eat, where you can stay, where you're not assaulted, because there's some stories about that in the Bible. So it would have it would have taken some real work to kind of go do this, and so you kind of hmm, think that yeah. the people would have had to really kind of 
think, yeah, this person could do it because there are plenty of mystical things at that time in that place, but still people I'm sure were still somewhat skeptical of, you know, can this person really, and because um, I feel like there was uh, one place and, and I'll let Pam and Keith uh, fact check me on this, but I think there's some place where it says that no, no blind man had been healed since Anyway, it, it, so I guess my point is that there were certain healings that were very unusual that Jesus was doing. They weren't things that were happening at that time in that place. So, so yeah. in so in this story where it says Jesus healed all, see that's the other part that kind of confuses me because when you said what would bring you, I know what would put me on a plane to Seattle. Yeah, there's things in my life I know what would put me on a plane. Mm-hmm. And yet, I also don't think that if I was on a plane to Seattle, that those things would be healed. Really? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's certain things that you've, or that I've prayed for, I'm putting this in words in other people's mouths here, that I've prayed for that, and maybe, it, you know, it's the time, it's the God of generations, and sometimes those promises and and different things take time, but... And I, and I don't want to give the spoiler away to what's coming because it's just... It's just it's you really do want it, to it, give it away, Randy. It, it, I, mean, I, I can tell you really do, but it's, it's, it's like... It's killing me. And I'm not going to do yeah. it. But in two weeks, we're going to come back to this, I promise. Because there therein lies the problem. Because what if certain people had done certain things and then would the result have been the same? So that's the part that really... And again, this is just because I've seen the other, <laughs> seen the other episodes... And it's you see it in life. There's certain people that, oh, we you know we prayed, we did this, we did this, and it's like, yeah, I did every one of those things, and I I don't feel for a second I was any less earnest in my desire or my belief or my faith or any of the things you could throw on there, and it just doesn't seem to get better or it doesn't seem to be healed, and maybe it's just me being confused on what's been healed or in what time frame or in what way God decides to do things. So yeah. that this this story intrigued me in that way also, that God healed all, and I'm like, that. if I could have flown to that place, then I would have gone for sure because all got healed. But you what don't if, know that going in. What if, and I... Boy, this is you know, this no. is a, a big wrench, but I don't mean to do this. What if? Yes, you do because you're going to say it. <laughs> what if they walked out of the tent, still with a broken leg? And I'm not giving anything away. Still yeah, with a broken yeah. leg, but they understood what that broken leg was for in their life, mm. and they were healed of their. Doggone it. What if they walked out of that tent and they weren't healed of their physical, physical, but they were healed of why that was such a malady for them? Maybe spiritually. Yeah. So maybe it could have been that it, you know, spiritually and or physically, all were healed, but maybe not every every last piece. I would say that the text really indicates, and you can take it for what you want, but if you're going to read the text, at least the way that I read it when you take a look at the original language, it very much implies physical healing. That's what I think. I think it yeah. does imply that. But so we're looking at everybody that came to Jesus was just needing physical healing. Is that what we're looking at? The way that Matthew 4.24 reads, because that's where I 
that's where I really wanted to go yeah? <laughs> with this okay. when I was when I was um it's like, well, you know, because I wasn't I was wanting to say, and Jesus also healed their emotional needs. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and when you look at the verbiage, the way that what Jesus healed, it's pretty the way it's it's it, you know, if I said and Jesus healed all their physical, you would say, Well, that pretty much implies that's pretty much the way it reads. But it doesn't uh, it doesn't all, list anything outside of physical, right? It, like it doesn't no, say it he doesn't. cast out demons. All I'm, it does actually does. It says does that it? it cast he cast out demons, but there it's okay. a very physical way of wording it. And yeah. so okay. uh, anyway, the the what point you that, saw. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we what we shouldn't get too hung up on is Clearly, there were people that Jesus didn't heal. It says all the ones that came to him, he healed. But there were, I mean, we have Peter having a, a healing a man after Jesus' resurrection, right, in the book of Acts, who was, it, he was blind, right, at the temple. Yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. You have to think that Jesus walked past this person a couple times. I mean, it had only been a couple months, and the guy had been blind for, I don't know, decades. Yeah. So Jesus must have walked past that person. Why didn't he choose to heal that person while he was here? Did that? You can ask that. You know, when you talk about the pool of Siloam, Jesus heals one person. It says there were multitudes of people that were trying to get into that pool. Jesus goes and finds one person, meaning that Jesus. And I remember seeing a preacher one time do a sermon about this, and he reenacted what Jesus would have had to do to get to this guy. And he shows him. He's like taking these big steps over top of people, and having he goes he and so and then he goes to this one one person heals them. And so I think that what we shouldn't lose track of is that in this one verse, it says that Jesus healed all that came to him. And yet at the same time, in other places, it becomes quite evident that Christ he doesn't heal everybody in the that place. And I think that, that in Matthew, Matthew's trying to make the point, very much trying to make the point that there was nothing too big for Jesus to heal. Right. Yeah. And, and that that's... That's the point, and so and in their minds, physical healing was a much bigger thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, the physical healing it was the, I, the way I read through the Gospels is that when Jesus does the physical healing, that was the the proof that he was also able to do the spiritual healing side yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, and I loved how you incorporated the kind of casting our needs for healing on Jesus with the with the paper, the little papers, the sticky notes and the and the glue up front and having people being involved and if you check out our social media probably on Thursday before we have it all put together, maybe tomorrow or maybe today as you listen as today we're recording it's Tuesday tomorrow Wednesday, it could be up but it's probably going to be Thursday before Tammy has it all uh, completed and a picture taken and then of course you'll see it this Saturday if you I, come back. I don't I don't think so. No, I don't think we're going to put any pictures up until Saturday. Oh, we're going to make them wait. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we can. Uh, I mean, we can put some pictures up of people. We can put some pictures up of people working on it. Okay. But maybe I it's think a the teaser. final product. I think you. We'll wait. You until? need to tune in on on Sabbath because. Um, maybe we would have put Stanley out by that. Yeah, to that's do that a good in the morning. Idea, that way we I can do that. I think that you know, for those of you who who have are worshiping online. Yeah. Stanley, we'll we'll put Stanley right by it so you'll be able to see it. But because uh, Stanley that, took a lot of your requests, yeah. the, there was a second service that, that was really cool. By the way, that was really yeah. cool that that yeah. Stanley was writing down on behalf of the people watching online and putting them on there for them. I think that was pretty cool. We're blessed in house to have Stanley. You guys are blessed that are that uh, I know that listen to the podcast and also 
our online members that watch every week. And just to have Stanley here yep. in the chat, I try to join him when I can. And, and But he always has such a good handle on things. And uh, he's just a warm, friendly face that you get used to seeing yep. every week. And that was a great just jump in and make sure that everyone got a chance to put their yep. uh, put their uh, piece of paper on that. I can't, I can't wait to see it all put together uh, this week. And so we'll definitely make sure that you guys see that too. But I almost feel like this might be one of the most important ideas that we can come to as a church community, as a church family, is to be able to talk to the person next to us. Maybe not with every every deep, dark problem that we have, but even to be able to start with the smaller things of, how was your week? Oh, I was fine. Instead of I don't know, it wasn't that great. I, you know, I screwed up at work, and then I got yelled at, and you know, this didn't go right. And for someone to just go, oh yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and not necessarily have another story or something from themselves. I want you to know, I'm sorry for yelling at you, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think there was time. If anyone, if anyone had seen Ken's calendar last week, he would be forgiven for anything, even if it was yelling, because Ken was like quadruple booked every day of the week. And it was uh, watching Ken move around was just a little bit like, he's going to make it. I'm pretty sure. I, <laughs> I, 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 I think I'm he's pretty gonna, sure. I'm pretty sure he's going to make it. I, I think he can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like those are ways that, and especially I know it's hard for those that are more introverted, don't really like to do too much communicating. It's like, I just got to, I go to church and I love it. I get my fill of people and I got to go home. I needed to be peace and quiet for a couple hours. And it's not always easy to do that, but I really felt like that is something, and I'm assuming this is something we're going to continue working on as next year after follow me, it's connected, connect, connect. Connect. Oh boy. If you think it's rough now, introverts get ready for 2024. <laughs> You'll be fine. Don't listen to Randy. Or you'll be able to connect on the way that you want to connect. We're not gonna, it's no, gonna, we're it's not going to do okay. that to you. It'll, it'll be, be okay. All right. it'll, it'll be right. fine. <laughs> but I think that they're, to be Actually, specific, introverts desire connection. And sometimes they're actually better at the, yeah. um, the really long-term, deep yeah. connection. I think that's almost, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> just like, yeah, just like those that are extroverts. But what a cool way to just demonstrate that idea and to start thinking about that. And so we didn't have a ton of questions. Uh, Joe M. had a comment and said, imagine being in pain and sure. ailing and being in Jesus' presence and not asking for healing. And he said, this is how we struggle holding on to the pain and knowing who can heal, but not asking. And I think for the what what the chosen has done also is put you into that. Tammy and I were talking about this briefly during GLS during the break, and because Dallas was interviewed during GLS yeah. Global Leadership Summit. Global it Leadership a good Summit. Time. By the way, that's happening again next year, right here. Right sure here Home Life Church. Dates yeah. are already ready up, and we'll let you know when the tickets are available. They're now, right now. You get forty percent <gasps> off right now if you order before, I think Friday. Oh, well, I better, uh, we better put that deal on the website. No, we could. It's uh, wholelife.church slash GLS. Oh, I'm going to have to change that to 24. 24 so I'll yeah. have to change it. So wholelife.church slash GLS 24, you'll find the link there. And uh, and in the show notes. I don't know. I don't want to tangent it too much, but did you enjoy Global Leadership Summit? No, I think, we, I, I think that was a logical place to go because this year we talked uh, during GLS, the part of the talk, Craig Groeschel, who I love a ton as a speaker and as a thought leader, Many years at Catalyst and at GLS, I've seen him in person many times. 
And I thought that his opening talk on trust and that in today's world, we're immediately at a huge disadvantage compared to the normal trust that people would give you in the past and that you're leading, you're now leading from that position. And, and the other part was just leading from where you are, whether you find yourself in a, whether it's a top leadership position or you're not really sure if you're in a leader, but you're a leader. Everyone's a leader to somebody and to someone in their realm, which I thought was really a great reminder that we all make a difference by our words, our actions, and where we're bringing, who are we leading? We're leading people to Jesus. And to think about needing that much more trust, our job has been more difficult, but we just have to be just the transparency and empathy. And there was one other one I thought I was going to remember, but I didn't write Track it down. record. Was a track record that he laid down those three big, the three big, uh, not oversharing, but being transparent, being empathetic, and just and you know, being consistent. Consistent, yeah, track consistent record. track record. Four of them actually. Was there four? Okay, mm-hmm. I thought day one was really superb, and then day two was I think maybe even better. So definitely, just like, you just like Michael Junior. There was a ton of people to like. I didn't, I didn't think anyone was like. Eh, usually you go to a conference and there's one or two people like, well, I think I'm going to Actually, get a cup of coffee. Michael Jr. <laughs> was, was surprise guest and yeah, he but was excellent. He yeah. was he was best I've ever seen. Yeah. Actually, this summit was one of, I think, will go down in my top five at least. Should Maybe I tell him what your text was to top me? Top 10. What's that? The text you sent me uh, early on, I think two or three hours in on, on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll keep moving. All right. I, one of my favorites was... Uh, no, he liked, it was a good it, it was, text. It was a positive text. Yeah. He it really a good liked text. it. It was, yeah. uh, it was good, it but there. I'm not going to disparage not. any other one of my, workshops I've been to. <laughs> one of my favorites was McManus. There was a couple of people that were like, this guy is yelling all the time. He didn't stop yelling till his last like three paragraphs. But to me, I, I really resonated. That was a... He had a he had an amazing talk. No, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it all. I, I think like it was sent, well done. Sent the uh, mm-hmm. the CEO for the Dallas Mavericks. Oh she right, she was so fun. Yeah, and just just really. Uh, Everyone had a good spin on it. It was and, good, and it was really really good. And well I, done. And I thought the people that attended, we got a you know bunch. We would talk to a bunch of people afterwards how much they enjoyed that it. Was they fun their too. teams cross pollinating with leadership from the from yeah the yeah. And that's such a huge thanks to Advent Health and yeah. the mm-hmm. Leadership Institute at uh, Advent Health for partnering with us on this. I thought that yeah. was, there was just some. It was incredible, and they uh, they fed us. I mean, I have never eaten that well at a summit, summit before. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> apparently, neither had some of the others. <laughs> <laughs> no, I all the way around, and you know, I had whole life we like to think we do things a little differently, and I think the little bit of different that we are, I think, really resonated and it yeah. gelled really, really well with the people that came. We got a lot of great yeah. feedback, and a lot of people who are looking forward to bringing more people next year. I have a and we'll learn to do it even better next year. Yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. be even better. Yeah. All right, one more I wanted to get to comment, and then uh, we will wrap this up. Rosie said, I think people run from healing in part because of the accountability aspect. Mm. It's vulnerable to That's admit that point. you need help. We are so blessed to have a healer that offers healing 24-7, but healing isn't a linear process either. Every day there needs to be a conscious decision to choose healing. Aaron said, I think we run because of the fear of the unknown. And... Um, you know, I think those are all legitimate and things that we have to think about. And that's a very good point. 
what what happens after I'm healed, right? Yeah. No. Then what do I do? Then am I is part of it is my expectations. My expectations for myself would go up after <laughs> I've been healed. So certainly that must yeah. be what Jesus would want. But the the final thing I wanted to say about the episode was. You know, when here you you see them at night, you can see their breath. It's cool outside. And not saying that this is what happened. But when you see Jesus, who is sweating profusely, he can barely stand up. His mom comes and washes his feet and is the only person that does anything. And if your heart doesn't drop out at just yeah. the bottom of your stomach and you just feel like, yeah. To me, it added a personal touch that reminds us that you know, we like to beat up on the children of Israel. We like to beat up on the apostles. Yeah, they were there the whole time. They should have known better. They were sitting with them. And it's like, yeah, that would have been me. I would have been Peter right there doing the same thing and then going, oh, my goodness. We didn't do anything. We didn't even bring him any food. Now, they could have brought him something. I'm not saying he would have stopped, but they, you know, they did absolutely nothing. And when he walks by, wow. And then mom comes and takes care of him and he goes to sleep, but he's just spent and i think he probably spends a lot of those a lot of days yet worrying about and thinking about and taking care of us in ways we don't even have any idea about how much that is and how much he wants to be next to us so it's kind of a sweet and bitter it is just a it is just a movie however it does awaken those questions it's in your mind yes no for sure yeah all right next oh wait a minute i didn't special guest next week yeah oh that's right special guest and i thought i put it in here but hold on let's go to the google drive really quickly to see one of my yeah one of my favorite uh this is jeff's favorite episode i do believe yeah yeah i think you're right coming up and uh carla minier will be preaching it um, for those of you who uh, wonder what the thought process is and who preaches when, I thought that I was going to probably be having to uh, drive one or both of my children back to school. Mm. And so I, right about this time, so I'd ask Carla to take, take a sermon yeah. in case I needed to be gone. Well, it turns out that I'm not going to be gone. I'll be here. But I thought, you know what? It'll be great to have Carla preach. And so be, I'm looking forward to it. Um, one yeah. of my favorite things is to have our our team, the other pastors on staff, preaching occasionally, so that you can hear a variety of voices and ideas. And she'll be preaching on uh, Nathaniel, um, mm. and I saw you under the fig tree. Man, that's a good. I don't know. You know, we could put our our names on each one of these as favorites. So there, I right? read I read her sermon. Oh, you got to sneak about peek? a month ago. She's she's been working on it, and wow. it was good a month ago. And she's told me she's like refined it further. I don't know how she made it. It was really good already, and uh, so I'm actually going to be seeing with her this afternoon and, nice. and looking over it a little bit to see what what how how she's refined it further. But uh, it's. It was already out, and I told her at the time, I was like, if this is a rough draft, <laughs> that's incredible. So, yeah, Excellent. you guys are in for a real treat this Sabbath, hearing uh, her uh, speak, and so you, you'll definitely not want to miss out on that. So swipe up in today's show notes if you haven't seen this message or this um, episode, because I have, it's season two, episode two, I Saw You, and the link is there directly to thechosen.tv, so you can go and watch it and get ahead of time, or if you're local, come on Friday night at Friday 7 night, o'clock. 7 o'clock. Don't make Ken watch it by himself. Yeah, that's boring. And uh, Randy, I will be out of time. I'll actually be on a plane and about that time. There's and times so where I, I'm going to miss I'll it, too. I'll actually get input that helps me with my sermon the next day. What? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Carly, you might not want to go because you know you could mess up everything you've 
I think Carla. I think Carla did say that she's going to take a, a bit of a pass. This, I take a pass. Friday night. <laughs> Don't be influenced in any way. Carla has been really helpful Friday oh my nights. Goodness. Oh yeah, yes. popcorn. Making popcorn. Making popcorn. It's the delicious kind mm, too, right? It's the, the good kind. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So that's coming up this week again. If you're local, seven o'clock, uh, uh, third floor, room three hundred five. We got it all set up. It's in the big screen and popcorn and refreshments mm. and come and hang out and. And then listen to well, Ken. You'll probably have a couple things to say before and after, like normal. Yeah, or maybe it's just no. It's usually just, just uh, hearing your thoughts. And and they do know how to get to it via the chosen app, right? It's the it's in the the link is in the show notes. Okay. So Good. it's uh, it'll take you either on phone or get the desktop. chosen app. Yeah. Uh, go ahead you? and pay it forward too. Um, yeah, you can do that. Go ahead and help them make more seasons and support. Good. Good, great, and I wouldn't say good, great content. Yeah. Yeah. I like the chosen.tv. That's their specific website. You don't mm-hmm. have to go through Angel, brought right. the Angel work, Network and all that. And it, so that, that helps them, number one. And then number two, I think they're viewing the way they've got the seasons laid out. When you click watch, scroll down, and it's season one, two, and three. And then all the background stuff, which I oh, find. Cool. Uh, yeah. like, so, so it's all easy to find all the post-episode stuff or pre-episode uh, content that they have. So Carla next week, that'll be fun. Yeah. And I told her she has to come to the Absolutely. podcast. So I will uh, I will probably get all that prepared on the plane on the way home on Monday. So I'm ready for you guys on Tuesday. And we'll be back Sounds next good. Wednesday for the next episode. So thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week. 